warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hey, what's the matter for you? You like the zombies? You like the mobsters? Then you're definitely gonna like the zombie mob. It's got everything. Zombies, mobsters, zombies. It's got the family, and especially, it's got the zombies. So put your iTunes to the zombie mob. Order your browser to thezombiemob.blogspot.com. The zombie mob, it's an offer you cannot refuse. The Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. I want to be stereotyped. I want to be classified. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 78 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. And I want to know, how you doing, man? (laughs) Hi, you're wound up. I want a suburban home! Let me guess. Descendants. The proud, the few. Descendants rocking the world tonight. tonight. Yeah! So, yes. The Descendants are on. I'm fired up. What do you got for me? Here's what I got. Remember a couple episodes back when when our favorite deranged postman from New Jersey phoned in? <laughs> yes. And he was saying how I need to not go by Gord. And I think he specifically by, like, called you to Californian or something along those lines. Yeah, that confused me to no end because I think as we've discussed, my name is Gordon, but Canadians, if when I say, hi, I'm Gordon, they immediately say, oh, hey, Gord. So if anything, it's too Canadian. It's not too Californian. <laughs> I don't know any other Californians named Gord or Gordon or, or Gordy or maybe a few El Gordos, but those guys, uh, they probably have a different first name for reals. So I'm not Gord. I, I don't know. There's There's been there's been a, a movement afoot to, to try to, like, rename me. I don't know what the hell is going on. I was at a uh, poker game the other night, which is something that I usually just take a small pile of money and essentially throw it away at drinking a couple of beers. But for some reason, the odds were in my favor and I kept getting dealt really good hands. And despite my shitty playing, I was winning. And people at the table started going, hey, you know, this guy's winning a gourd, a G-man, a G-spot, trying to like pin some other nickname on me. <laughs> I don't know. 
I tried to like steer it in a, a more humorous direction. I said, well, what about uh, Gordolingus? I like yeah. that. I thought that was a pretty good name. But the name that w- was finally settled on, strangely enough, was it was one of the G ones. It was Gelatio. <laughs> Which, as near as I can determine, is, it's like kind of glacial speed fellatio. Like the slowest <laughs> BJ you've ever got. Glacio. That would be slow. That would. It's slow, but man, does it does it leave a mark. <laughs> it's coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My God, we're 12. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's just our IQ combined. I don't know, so I think I'm going to stick with Gord. I can't really go by G-Spot or G-Man or, but, you know, Galatio in, in all circumstances. I like Gordolingus. Gordolingus does have a nice dingus ringus to it. That one maybe needs to stay around for a little while. All right. Let me try it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, once again, as I mentioned, the music tonight is from The Descendants. We finally, after a few years of trying, hooked up with SST Records. And the, by we, we mean Steve. The awesome, the seminal punk label, who is the home of a lot of fantastic bands that we listened to a lot of in our college years. And they gave us the keys to the vaults. They're allowing us to feature some bands off their roster. And this is not going to be the last of them, I guarantee you. So Guarantee it. Tonight, we're checking out some of Los Angeles's The Descendants. Uh, we'll have a number of tunes. We'll talk a little bit of band history in a bit. But before we get to that, Gord. Steve. Gordolingus. <laughs> Steve Alatio. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? I want to know. When you rent a DVD or Blu-ray and you you go to watch it and you've spent your money renting it, you've done it all legitimately, you have not pirated this in any way, shape, or form, and the special features are disabled. I watched two DVDs recently where they had the special features and you clicked over to special features and it says, oh, this is feature is disabled on the rental disc. If you want to go buy it. That's that's absolutely bullshit. It's bad enough that I have to pay too much money to Netflix for the service. But you know what? Fine. I'm paying for the service. But then they send me an inferior, a disabled product. Not only do I have to sit through 18 different piracy warnings and various screens that launch to remind me I'm watching a Blu-ray patented trademark copyright. And then I've got all these commercials for other films I have to fast forward through. I do all that. I do everything right. I'm playing by the book. You could at least let me have the entire product. Because it would be so much simpler for me to simply go online, pirate a copy of the movie, burn it to a DVD, and watch it and not have to put up with all your bullshit, and I'd get the entire product. Dude, God, that pisses me off. And it's just going to get worse, too, now, because of netflix not being the big dog anymore we were trying to watch it find good like halloween kids movies to watch and so we were thinking okay well what about tremors well we look on uh, netflix and it's not streaming on netflix we go on amazon and it's there but you got to pay like four bucks for it but we're already paying for netflix and it's like there's all these places now that have movies at different prices, and you almost have to like shop around, or a bunch of places won't have it. What's the point of paying for services that you're not going to get anyway? And this is an exact example of that. I mean, you're paying for the service to look at these things, and it's probably not even something that you really, you know, you weren't going to die if you heard the commentary or the what do they call the outtakes? Yeah, the outtakes. I mean, that wasn't going to change anybody's life, and yet you're being denied. Why? I who knows why? What the reason? You know, is it's that? the same way the music industry continually stepped on its dick when MP3s came out, and they they would put things like you'd buy a CD, but there'd be some sort of code on the CD to make it blow up your computer if you try to put it in a disc drive. But it's it's the same stupid them trying to hold on to product and strangle every last penny out of it and piss off the user base, someone needs to come along and rein these bastards in because they're pissing me off. <laughs> they just don't get it. 
I'm not buying a DVD of Bridesmaids, for God's sakes, just so I can watch the outtakes. No, you guys are lucky that I managed to rent it on Netflix so I can watch it with my wife. I'm sure as hell not going to buy that. <laughs> the new thing I've noticed on, uh, we have Comcast Cable, I think, and you know how they'll have like... Uh, it's on demand, essentially, like TV series. If you missed an episode, you can go to this place and you can catch up. But yeah. like the Fox shows, they won't let you fast forward through. Oh, so you have to weak. sit there and, and you guys are assholes. I'm not I'm still not going to listen to the commercial. I'm going to mute it. And what's the difference to you if I fast forward through it or mute it or whatever I do? Either way, I'm not paying any attention to it, but you've already been paid by your advertiser. So knock that shit off. And while you're at it, while you're knocking shit off, turn down the commercials. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. God, I'm already half deaf. <laughs> but you can hear those. Maybe that's a service for you. Yeah, hey, they, they heard the, both ears there, deafy. Yeah, they heard you were half deaf. Uh, well, you know what pisses me off? What, man? We have a local pancake house that we frequent every now and again. And sometimes on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I like to take my family out for breakfast. We get up and, you know, roll down to the pancake house. And So pancakes are pissing you off now? Is nothing sacred? No, not the pancakes themselves. But here's the deal. So you know how you, you give the maitre d' or the hostess. <laughs> You're going to a pancake house with a maitre d'? <laughs> you give the hostess your name. And she tells you it's going to be 10 minutes to get a table. And so there's a little couch there, and you're sitting on the couch. Now, let me say, my problem is with, I don't know what you call them, stretch pants or yoga pants or whatever it is that people seem to think is acceptable to wear in public. I love the female form. I'll just say it. I'm a big fan. But I don't need to be looking grandma right square in the C-toe at eye level before I've had my coffee in the morning. It is just wrong. And so people... take your face off the bench. I'm telling you, I'm sitting at the bench, and this woman just comes up, and she kind of cocks her hip. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, lady, put that thing away. You're going to hurt someone. My poor son's sitting right there. Nobody needs to see this. So please, put on proper pants if you're going to go out where people are fucking eating. Thank you. God damn, that pissed me off. You're angry at Grandma's camel toe. Yes, I am, I am really angry at seeing that before I've had my coffee. It's just too goddamn early. <laughs> is, it, is it ever really too early for camel toe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why isn't that a song? Yeah, it is. So, uh, speaking of things that piss other people off, we've got a, a little audio from our good friend Skiznot. Oh, Skiznot's pissed? Hey guys, this is Skiznot, and... I've been on vacation for a while, and judging by the amount of episodes that have gone by, I guess I've been on vacation for a long time. I'm coming back and catching up on the shows, and uh, it, it looks like, um, judging from how you reacted to my last voicemail, I'm getting this reputation of being a nice guy. And I'm a nice guy. I, I, that Thank you. That's nice, you know, saying that I'm nice. And um, I, I couldn't be mean. I wouldn't even know how. You know, maybe, maybe Gord could teach me how to be mean to people. Speaking of that, Gord... You know, like, Stuart from Wales called, and I'm part Welsh, and I, I, I kind of understand what he's saying. You know, the, the Welsh, you know, p- people from Wales don't like to be confused with the English. So, so it really makes us, him and the Welsh, it makes us feel better when you confuse the country Wales with actual whales, the big sea mammals. That's, that's really clever. It is! No, it's like, ooh, ooh. When you're telling your dick jokes, you know, you think, Wales the country, it sounds like Wales. How about, I can think of something. Here. My dick is so big that when I went to the country Turkey, I took a piss and all of the turkeys drowned. They're, they're birds. Because the country Turkey must be full of birds that you put in a sandwich if you eat. Yeah. Or how about, my dick is so big that when I went to the country Hungary, everybody was hungry because when I let out my big giant dick I crushed all the crops and the people couldn't make any bread. See that's clever. I, I think that's clever. Okay. Uh, oh my dick is so big that um, I went to the country Chile and everybody was, was chilly. They had to put parkas on because my dick required so much heat that it absorbed all of the heat in that country. It's very sad. I checked the weather reports. That was sad. Oh, my dick is so big I went to the country China 
and I, I got naked and did this little dance where I spin around. I broke all of the china plates, all of the good china in China, because they named China after plates. Uh, ooh, ooh, here's a good one. My dick is so big that I couldn't even get into the country Greece without some, without without my passport, because you have to have a passport to get into Greece. And did you know Greece is on the euro now? Yeah. I mean, I thought, when I went to Greece, I thought my money would go a little farther, but they teamed up with the you. Anyway, I gotta unpack. So this has been the nice guy Skiznot and uh, Sam and Grady of the Skull Hawk Show. That's that's who I'm talking to, right? Whatever. Uh, you know, keep. I'm glad you're still making podcasts. So keep at it. <laughs> wow. I, I think he's close, but he's off just a little bit. So instead of when I visited Turkey, my dick was so big. You you have to go another direction, I think, Skiz. You got to go with my dick is so big that when it comes to Turkey, I nut in a gravy boat. How's that? <laughs> you know, if history's taught us anything, it's you don't fuck with the Turks. So I'm not going to make any jokes about Turkey or Turkish people. I'm just not. Kaiser so <laughs> I will go on the record, though, and say it bugs the crap out of me that we cannot pronounce the country of Chile. I, I don't know why it's impossible for us to say Chile. People always say Chile. What the hell? What <laughs> the hell? Anyway, you know, whatever, Skiz. Not... Let me just reply to your, your little rantlet there with my own pseudo-political rant. There was a time in the not-so-distant past when America had emerged victorious on the, the world stage at the end of the Second World War. And there were, there were marvels. There were truly marvels in this country that the rest of the world looked at with awe. The harnessing of the atom, atomic power, the atomic bomb. Our, our tremendous industry, that the way that we were so far ahead in, in the immediate aftermath of the war, other countries were just in rubble and we were living in suburbia. It was in this period of history, one of the things was my giant dick. I mean, granted, I wasn't alive yet, but my dick was so big that it, it can violate certain laws of space and time. So America was proud of my enormous dick. It was it was so big. And other countries tried to discredit America and they tried to spread the rumor that my dick was not real. And it didn't matter if you were in some hidden conclave of fascists in Germany, they would say it's not real. Or if you would go to a communist stronghold in the Soviet Union, they'd say my dick is not real. And it became almost a rallying cry for the enemies of America. They'd say, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And they were talking about my space-time-traveling gigantic dick. <laughs> Let me tell you, there was a group of people that were not in North America, that believed in America, and believed in the American dream. And it was at this time, they got together, and they formed the country, and they named it. Yeah. Israel. Israel. See? See what I did there? Excuse not. That was, that was like your joke, only a lot longer and a lot better. And that, that's my political rant. That was like a shaggy dick joke. <laughs> it was a shaggy dick story. That's what it was. You know, the, the funny thing is, we actually, there's been a lot of complaints lately about the, the lack of dick jokes. I, we got an email this week. Gord, I've been catching up on my Bone Bat Show episodes and wanted to say... Number one, curse you for getting your theme song stuck in my head. I was stirring risotto the other night, and dick jokes galore almost slipped out. Arg. I, was, I thought he was going, he was stirring the risotto with his dick. He probably was. Number two, speaking of which, I appreciate you mostly trying to work a few dick jokes in now and then. But I'm still disappointed we haven't reached the galore level yet. Number three, when that dude from Wales calls you... You really need to have a translator, or ask him to speak English. I tried my best to catch his jokes, but had to fill in a few of my own punchlines of, and somebody screwed a sheep. I think I was pretty much right. 
4th, the October 30th episode was definitely one of my favorites. All parts of it. Nice one. Later, Scott. So I hope this last segment has more than enough dick to make even Scott happy. Yeah, I hope so, too. That was a, that was a nice email. Thank you, Scott, even though you're racist against the Welsh people. Because <laughs> that, that last segment was chock full of dick joke and, you know, racism. I We've guess. got it. Yeah. Even when you don't hear it, we have a lot of dick. So it's subtle. That's all I'm saying. It's subtle. Like, is real. Is real. God, I, that was terrible. I am, I am Seriously. I, I hope you have something better for filthy jokes at the end of the show. No, I don't. Oh, man. Let's go to a tune. Let's listen to that Descendant song that goes oh so well with what pisses you off, Steve. No Fat Beaver. Well, I can't speak me. What do you think you mean me? You mean nothing can't see. How about you'll see me? No Fat Beaver. No Fat Beaver. All right, once again, the Descendants with no FB off of I Don't Want to Grow Up. The Descendants were formed in 1987, armed only with a punk pop sensibility, caffeine, and the omni-ambitious doctrine of all in Los Angeles by Bill Stevenson on drums, guitarist Frank Nevetta, and bassist Tony Lombardo. They put out a single first uh, called Ride the Wild before Milo Ackerman, who would become their long-reigning vocalist and album illustrator, joined up. In 1981, they released their first EP, known as Fat. Their second album, their first full-length, called Milo Goes to College, came out in 1982. Uh, Both of those you can find on the Two Things at Once CD from SST. So that was around the time you discovered the band, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think the... Well, the first song I heard from them was Rockstar, which was so fast and so cool and so different from whatever the other stuff I was listening to. I I think I just immediately bought the first record I could lay my hands on. Mm-hmm. So that was probably from uh, I Don't Want to Grow Up, uh, which came out in 1985. In 1982, after Milo hit, uh, it turned out that uh, Milo had left the band to go back to college, as the album says. And then Milo goes to college. At the same time, drummer Bill Stevenson joined Black Flag and did a bunch of touring with them. And so a couple of years later, they reformed again and released the album uh, I Don't Want to Grow Up. Nevada had left the band, and the band was joined by guitarist Ray Cooper, formerly of SWA, who you may remember from back in the day. Yep. Uh, in 1986... The uh, bassist, Tony Lombardo, was out of the band, and they were joined by Doug Carrion for the album Enjoy, which broke both new ground and new wind. (laughs) Thank you. That was not clever. If you've heard that song, though, it's true. Yeah. Then in uh, 1987, they made another change, and Carl Alvarez joined the band on bass, and guitarist Steven Egerton joined up, and that would be the permanent, I guess, lineup that would be on all of the releases going forward. They released the album, which they considered their magnum opus, as it were, the All Album, which has included all logistics, which was sort of their philosophy on life and rocking and all things great. They toured a ton that year and released uh, two live albums, 1987 Live Age and 1988 Hallraker. And then uh, Milo hung up the microphone to go back to work as a scientist. He actually became, I guess, a uh, research biochemist. Which, nice, I didn't know that. Which he still does to this day. So the rest of the band, uh, Bill, Carl, and Steven, reformed under the band All. They uh, were joined by vocalist Dave Smalley of Dag Nasty. And over the next decade or so, uh, they changed vocalists a few times, but they would continue releasing albums. Very kind of similar to The Descendants, you know, very catchy, poppy, but crunchy, uh, punkish music with uh, clever lyrics. And... Uh, Then, in uh, 1996, Milo came out of retirement for the album Everything Sucks, which was released on Epitaph Records. By that point, Bill Stevenson had uh, set up a studio in Fort Collins, Colorado, called The Blasting Room, where he still produces all kinds of different acts to this day. And so they have their own setup to record all their all albums, all their Descendants stuff right there. And he's been super prolific with both bands since. 
Every few years, uh, Milo will come out of retirement and do a little touring. I guess from his science duties, what he does is he'll like take some vacation time to do a short tour or whatever. And so that's why they do more touring now than they do releases. Their last release was in 2004. Uh, that year they released uh, two things. They had an EP called the American EP. Then they had an album called Cool To Be You, which came out on Fat Records. Since then, they've been, they're still back together. They actually were touring this last summer, but they haven't released anything new since. Man, whenever they have a downtime and Milo goes back to work, they seem to put out something new from all. So, very prolific, busy band and a band that I've enjoyed for a long time. It's interesting. This is a band kind of like Rancid, where you and I have kind of different opinions, I think, on what their best work is. That I've always enjoyed, like, the really catchy stuff from The Descendants. And you enjoy, like, the faster, punkier stuff. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know we had a difference of opinion on this, though it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge difference. I, I like them both, but my favorite songs are the catchier things, I think. And it's the same thing with Rancid. You tend to like the punkier stuff more than their ska side. And I prefer the ska side. The songs like Time Bomb to... Ah! You know. God, that song makes my ears bleed. No, I love Fuck, that song. I hate that song. I love that song. That's God. a great song. And Ruby Soho and stuff like that. But oh, we're stop not, it. We're not talking about that band, right? No, the difference is, I don't know of any Descendant songs that make me want to throw shit. But <laughs> no, but I Rancid, mean... Rancid, though I do love the Rancid, there are a few songs that I just absolutely hate. And maybe because I heard them, like, they were a song that... The band was great, but they had some songs that were kind of marginal, but those are the songs that you heard on the radio over and over and over again. Well, I never listened to the radio, so I wouldn't know that, but I played the shit out of And Out Come the Wolves, that CD, which had those songs on it. Yeah, I did too, but I would fast forward through those songs. I wouldn't. Those were the best songs. Well, you think that because you're (laughs) a big dummy. Anyway, you know, my, my favorites... Or, uh, I think, of the little catchier stuff, but that's cool because you have a band that can provide two really awesome different sides of that coin. So, good stuff. It is good stuff, despite your poor taste. Yeah, you suck. Let's listen to one of the catchier tunes. This one is from the album Enjoy, and it is Sour Grapes. Don't know how to love anyone. Oh, no. 
Sour grapes, you leave a bad taste. Multimedia triage? Speaking of bad taste, yeah. <laughs> That's a great song. Yes, it is a great song. All right, so here's the deal. I've been watching some DVDs. Movies that if this was a really together podcast, I would have talked about when they were in the theater, but because I have no life, i uh, got to wait till they come out on DVD and then I watch them at home. First was Bridesmaids, the aforementioned Bridesmaids, which if you get through Netflix, you can't see the outtakes, which are probably kind of funny. Bridesmaids, half of a funny movie. It's too bad. It was kind of cool. They made a, a movie with a, you know, a crude funny movie with a female protagonist. But then like the second half of the movie, it degenerates into a chick flick territory. <sighs> yeah, I was really disappointed because Julie had rented it when I was out of town. I think, and she came back and said the same thing, and I was really disappointed because I kind of wanted to see, you know, something like 40-year-old version or Anchorman, you know, that level of comedy, but from a woman's perspective, I thought that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and she uh, said that that it wasn't nearly as good as either of those films. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, the first half of that movie was great. They should have just stopped there. <laughs> or what continued in the same vein, or... Yeah, it was almost like they had a different set of writers for the second half of the movie. Interesting. Yeah, it just kind of petered out and became kind of a love story and a story about uh, how tough it is when your girlfriends are going to get married and you're not, and it's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. (laughs) And then I saw, what the hell did I see? Oh, God. I saw Fast Five. Have you seen this? No, I don't even know what it is. What it's is the, yeah, about? you do. It's the like most recent in this series. Oh, of the Fast, Fast and, and the Furious. Furious. And the, those car movies, yeah. The car movies, yeah. And this one has everyone. It has The Rock and the Log and the other people. <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous movie. Bad doc. It was great in the way old Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are great. Absolutely no respect for the law of physics. Car crashes that would just tear your aorta from your body that people miraculously just walk out of. Jumping off of things of great height and, you know, landing and being just fine. Just the whole thing is ridiculous. Absolutely over-the-top scene near the end of this car chase that they destroyed more cars than the Blues Brothers. If, if you're willing to completely suspend your disbelief, it's a fun movie, but... Holy crap. It's, it's a fun, bad movie. It's a bad movie. Don't think you're going to see a good movie and you'll be fine. Okay. And then speaking of bad, I finally saw Bad Teacher, which, once again, not as good as I'd hoped it was going to be. I guess I was looking for, at least this one had the freaking outtakes. Unlike Fast Five and Bridesmaids, you could, actually, you could actually watch them on Bad Teacher. And the problem was, Cameron Diaz's character was such a terrible human being that the stuff she did, if she had like a, just a scrap of humanity to her, it would have been funny. But instead, it just she just came off like, huh, you're awful. Oh, shit. So there was definitely some funny stuff in it. But this isn't going to be a surprise to anyone. At the end of the movie, she's not as bad a person. But it's sort of an inexplicable change where it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't be such a cunt. It, I don't know. Another eh movie. So it's, it's not like Dinner for Schmucks, where the no. guy is like, through circumstance, he's forced into doing things he wouldn't normally do. 
No, she's just a horrible person. She's a gold digger that her in the like the first scene in the movie, her fiance figures out that she's a gold digger and just after his money, so they decide not to get married, so she's forced to go back into teaching and she hates her students and she's antisocial to the other teachers and she's just just a bitch. She's just a bitch. And you know what? I understand that in real life, Carmen, uh, Cameron Diaz is actually a bitch. Oh, yeah? I, I yeah. don't think I'd heard that. True story. I know a guy whose uncle was in a movie with Cameron Diaz, and he says, his uncle says, that she was a bitch. So it must be true. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And speaking of marginal media, I'm reading Steve Jobs' autobiography. Or not autobiography. That'd be some. That'd be His nice biography. Too. Right. God. You know, I went into this book not really caring about Steve Jobs, and my opinion has changed. Now that I've read roughly 500 pages about the man, I think it's safe to say I, I think that he is really quite a horrible human being. Really? Yeah. Horrible. Like, the first half of the book, I don't think he showers, walks around barefoot, yells at people. When he doesn't get his way, he cries. He's unreliable, he's backstabbing, he's manipulative. He's just an awful, awful psychopath, narcissistic personality disorder, son of a bitch, worst boss in the world, treats people terribly. And then every once in a while he comes up with a just flipping great idea and throws a product out there that changes the world. Wow. But the book itself is really not all that interesting. It does reaffirm a few beliefs that I, I sort of had that, I think my wife thought I was just crazy when I talk about him, but like the things I liked about the Macintosh was actually were Steve Jobs' philosophies made made solid. And the things I really dislike about like the iPod, it's really his Steve Jobs' philosophies like put into a product. But overall, it's a goddamn gigantic book and you really shouldn't read it. <laughs> okay. I won't. Okay. Now, you know, the other thing, I finally, I, I was playing Rage. You and I have been playing Rage on the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. the id shooter, just when it was getting really good. I mean, I was playing, it was fun, and then it started getting really fun, and then it was over. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. It, it was abrupt. You go into this, uh, all right, here, here's what I'll say about the end of Rage. You go into the, what was that canyon? Uh I think it was called the uh, Yoga Pants Pancake House Canyon. Yes, whatever it was, you go into this canyon, best level in the game. That was so much fun. I actually hope that's a multiplayer level. I want to go back and play that again. That was a blast. And then there's like this level. And I mean, they kind of tell you that you're building up towards a finale of sorts. Yeah, but I but just you didn't still think, think it was building up towards stage. Yeah, but I didn't think that that was it. And then it ends, and all of a sudden, you're kicked back to the starting menu, and you're like, what? Yeah, it's just it's just getting good, and then all done. But, I mean, maybe... I, I, I guess I have some sympathies for my, you know, high school girlfriends now. <laughs> maybe that bodes well, though, for some DLC or some Rage 2 or something like that. Because the game was absolutely fun, I had a good time with it, and I would definitely play more. Uh, but when I finished that, I was kind of itching for something else to play, and uh, at Halloween, Steam had a sale. And, they always uh, have a sale. I picked up Bioshock for five bucks. Woof. And I had been wanting to play that game for a long time. It sounded really cool, but I just never got around to it. And I kind of didn't want to pay $60 for it. And so five, kinda, yeah. five bucks is a no-brainer. And it is a fun game. It has a great story with a twist in the middle of the game that just made me giggle as far as uh, what a cool, thoughtful concept it was. Something happens, and I don't want to spoil it because I don't want anybody to miss out on enjoying it, but it's badass. The And the, this underwater city is just gorgeous. The story, in a nutshell, is you start the game in a plane crash, and you're floating in the water with flaming debris all around you, and you swim over to this island that has a set of stairs. You climb down the stairs, and there's a bathysphere there. And it almost, the start almost reminds you of like mist, where it's like this beautiful scenery, and you don't really know what's going on. And you descend down into this underwater city that was created by this like big business magnate. And the city is called Rapture. And it's, I guess, back in the like 40s or 50s. So it's all in period 
but it also has a lot of like steampunky twist to it. And the the combat is fun, although hard. You find yourself dying almost too much in some levels. But it's really enjoyable. You get to mix and match and power yourself up with things called plasmids, which give you kind of like superpowers to fling fire or electricity at people. Wouldn't that be kind of dangerous underwater? And how does that work, fire and electricity underwater? Yeah, well, mostly it's localized. So you're being attacked by these gene-spliced humans that are kind of like rage zombie-type people that will attack you. And so you can basically make them burst into flames or zap them or whatever. And at the same time, there's this story of why you're down there. And this guy, Atlas, starts giving you advice, okay? Uh, he wants Does he to, shrug? He want, yes. Well, and there, there's, a, there's a very palpable Ayn Rand slant to the whole thing as far as, like, the philosophy of the people who created Rapture. So it's a really intelligent game, and it has a kind of a cool literary bent to it. And I don't really want to give away too much more. The end of the game is great. And... Uh, if you can find it again on sale, I'd say absolutely pick it up. It's a really fun game. The other game I've been playing lately, which we talked about in our PAX episode, I was able to get a copy of Rocksmith. Yeah. And I've been playing it a bunch. And it do is. you still blink a lot when you play it? I do. It is okay. great. It's great, dude. What I'll say about it is the, the way the format works, you can plug in, as I mentioned before, any guitar through a USB cable. You can plug it into your Xbox. And it gives you a selection of tunes, and it builds up. It starts out with Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones, which is a very simple one-string riff. And so you go from there. You go from there, and it will give you more notes to play as you are successful. And then it progresses through a series of songs in a similar way to Rock Band. It also will have technique challenges for string bending or bar chords or other things like that where you have to play correct notes or bars or whatever in succession. And it really is improving me as a guitarist. It's really fun that way. Uh, Criticisms of the game would be that, for me, the song selection is a little bit lackluster. They tried to make it all things to all people, but the cool thing about Rock Band or even Guitar Hero, was that from the get-go, there was quite a bit of DLC to be able to fine-tune the selection to your taste. And there isn't really enough crunchy metal guitar in the game for me, but probably there will be eventually. And the second thing is that the kind of uh, interface is a little bit lackluster. You do a lot of your practicing and just there's like a room with a couch, and then you go and you perform these live event challenges, and you almost wish that there was just a little more bling to it. You know, coming off of games like Rock Band, and I know why they did it. They probably did it to make it appeal to more serious musicians. But, you know, if I tear it up on a song, I almost want to see my avatar being groped by a couple of devil women. That would be <laughs> awesome. You know, you just want a little bit more. And you know what? I bet by Rocksmith 2, they're going to nail that. Because the Guitar Heroes and Rock Band did that as well. It was like they started out and the interface was a little clunkier. And by the second or third iteration, they were fantastic. And so I I expect that Rocksmith will do the same thing. Because there's a few like menu things where you finish practicing a song and you kind of fucked it up. And you want to go back and play it again right away. And you kind of have to navigate too much menu. You should be able to just hit one button for a replay and start going again. Because you're trying to keep that, you know, the, the memory of where your fingers are fresh in your mind. And it's, that's harder to do when you have to back out of the song, come back in through the, you know, other direction in the menu. So, but I'd just like to go on the record right now and say I didn't make a your mom joke when you talked about remembering where your fingers are. Yes, thank you. Sure. <laughs> I appreciate that. Besides last episode, I mean, how do you follow your mom by Death Star with anything you could have possibly said? You're right. You're right. And that's why I just left it alone. Anyway, so if, if you were a, like an amateur guitarist and you want to get better at guitar, pick this game up now. If you are just a, a rock band fan and you want to experiment more, I don't know, maybe rent it and see if it's for you. This game is perfect for me, but you almost have to have a guitar and have the interest to really get better and hone your skills for this to pay off for you in a big, bad way. Other than that, uh, playing a little video games, I also have been uh, reading some graphic novels. Have you now? 
Yes, I picked up a series called Sixth Gun from Oni Press. Have you seen this? No. The series is by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt. Brian Hurt was one of the illustrators uh, who was early on in Queen and Country, the Greg Rucka series is one of my favorites. And it's an awesome series. It is a Western, essentially. It's done in a very sort of a cartoony, I won't, don't say simplistic style, but kind of strong lines. It's not over-sketched, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's nice, solid art. And it's about these weapons. There are these six weapons that are in the world. And there's this evil General Hume, who was a Confederate general, and the guy was in all kinds of necromantic and supernatural shit in his efforts to win the war. And he somehow came across these six pistols, which I guess they've come down through the ages and they've been different weapons in different times through history. And now they're pistols, and each pistol gives the bearer this inhuman abilities, like one of them shoots like a cannon, and one shoots the fires of perdition. It's almost, I guess, like plasmids. Anyway, so this evil general has these bunch of henchmen that are just a great rogues gallery. And there's this gunman named Drake Sinclair who gets tied up in trying to get these pistols back from this evil general. And one of the guns, the most powerful of them, allows the bearer to see the future. And that was being held by this guy. He was a preacher, but he went incognito and was living on this farm with his daughter. And so he's attacked and killed. And is the only way you can gain possession of one of these pistols is if the, the rifle owner is killed. And then the next person to touch that gun, it bonds with them. And so this young girl ends up with this pistol. And Sinclair, the gunman, ends up trying to protect her from this general who has returned from the dead and is coming back to wreak his vengeance and get his weapons back. It is fantastic. It's a great series. It has a lot of kind of tie-ins with historically based stuff, which is fun. The rogues gallery, like I said, is awesome. It's got zombies. It's got mummies. It's got werepanthers. It's got all kinds of crazy shit, and it's so much fun. I'm just loving the series. Definitely worth checking out. Werepanthers, you said. Yeah, all kinds of shit. I mean, it's it's just great. Every issue, it has something new, and it just makes you grin. There's so much cool stuff in it. And I right mean, on. it's only 16 issues long so far, so they've got plenty of room to do great stuff. The other uh, series that I've been reading is currently an online comic, but it was just released as a hardcover. It's called Remind by Jason Brubaker. And it is another really cool thing. And it's interesting. I was reading it around the same time and playing Bioshock because it sort of has a flavor similar to that. It's about this woman named Sonia who uh, her father was an inventor. And they live in this little town that is known for being the home of the lizard man. But it's the, the art style is just beautiful. And it it's almost has a timeless appeal to it. It doesn't really look realistic. It almost looks like dreamlike or fantastic. And it has a lot of these characters that live in the town, and they have a lot of character to them. But her father disappears one night, and she has no idea what happened to him. A few weeks later, her cat disappears. And then suddenly the cat returns, and the cat can speak. And the cat has quite a tale to tell about another underwater city. And it's just a really cool comic, and the great thing is you can check it out. It's absolutely free online. So well, go. That sounds cool. It's it's great. Once again, it's called Remind, and it's at uh, www.remindblog.com. Or Coffee Table Comics has just released a hardcover, and like I said, the art is beautiful, and it's charming in a way. I know that you weren't a huge fan of Bone, but it, it sort of reminds me of in that way that it has a lot of heart to it. And it can be sweet at moments, and other moments are just action packed. Bone esque, huh? Yeah, bone-esque, one might say. No, if okay. one were making a penis joke. One isn't. <laughs> you know, I the only comic I'm currently reading besides Chew, which we've talked about to death, is uh, Kick-Ass 2. The most recent issue finally came out. Yeah? And it's fun. This is the next, the, the current issue is some horrifying, dark, violent stuff. That series does not 
mind going there. Uh, well, that's Mark Miller. If you like Kick-Ass, you'll like this. Read it. Isn't that Mark Miller's stock and trade, though, is dark-ass shit? That's what that yeah. guy does. That's what he does. That is his business, and business is good. And then speaking of big business, what has been taking most of my time? Yes, Modern Warfare 3 on the Xbox. Absolutely worth the hype. Really? I'm two hours into the, the single-player campaign, big crazy set piece after big crazy set piece. A lot of fun, a lot of just over-the-top action. It's not just going from little gunfight to little gunfight. It's it's cool. And then the online multiplayer. I am getting crushed, schooled, shot, and blown up constantly. I am regularly scoring in the bottom half of the game, but it's still a lot of fun. I really like the way you can level up and you can level up your equipment, your weapons. It's just like Modern Warfare 2, only more so. It's a little deeper the way you use your perks, the way you level up your weapons. I'm sure if you're interested in the game, you've already read about it, talked about it, seen it to death, so I won't I won't go into it, but I just want to say, yeah, thumbs up, buy it, it's cool. I wonder if you can take a class at like first person shootering to get better. I am <laughs> you so, probably can. I am so goddamn bad at those games, and it makes it not fun when you jump into a multiplayer game and you're getting killed almost constantly. And it, it almost seems like it's always, for me, a matter of vision. Half the time I get shot by somebody I didn't even know was there. And I, I just, in those games, it seems like I don't have the awareness around me constantly of where people are. Yeah, that's true, because I've played games with you, even like Left for Dead, and it's like, okay, follow me, here we go, and then you go off in a completely different direction. Well, in that game, I usually go off in a different direction because I'm... You know, there's a hunter on Freak Wolf, or Brother D is fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you just go, heck with it, I'm going to the right. <laughs> and so I'm trying to save one of my friends. That's kind of a different thing, though. In Modern Warfare, it's like you come running in, and you'll be following two other guys, and then boom, you're dead. And you say, what happened? I don't know. I guess somebody shot me from behind or from the side or I got knifed. Well, there's the kill can that shows you what happened. So Yeah, but I'd never see them before. Oh. I mean, that's great after the fact, but it would be useful to know, you know, when they're there. Because you don't see them until they're shooting, and by then it's too late. Then you see them on the radar anyway, but yeah, I'm terrible. Just atrocious. You are. You're terrible. Don't buy this game if you're Steve. But if you're anyone else, you ought to buy it because it's pretty fun. All right, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. This is the aforementioned rock star from I Don't Want to Grow Up. Once again, that was Rockstar by The Descendants. All of their older stuff can be purchased through SST Records, so you should check them out over there. And their website, you can follow their latest goings-on at DescendantsOnline.com. One word all run together, DescendantsOnline.com. So, dude, got a filthy joke? I do. So, the proverbial traveling salesman pulls into town, needs a room for the night, and the only hotel in town has got a big sign out front advertising television, HBO, adult movies. This guy's a rather conservative individual and a little huffy. So he walks in. He says to the uh, registration desk, I'd like to check into this hotel, please. Certainly, certainly. He goes, and I hope the porn channel in my room is disabled. To which she replies, no, it's regular people porn, you sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. Hey, you thought it was going to be one of those really long jokes, didn't you? No, nah, well, I got one of those for you. 
All right. So the kids file back into class on Monday morning, and they're really excited because their weekend assignment was to go out and sell something. And then on Monday, they were going to give a talk to the class on productive salesmanship. So little Sally leads off the proceedings. What the hell kind of school is this? It's a very progressive school. I sold cookies and I made $30, she says proudly. My sales approach was to appeal to the customer's civil spirit, and I credit that approach for my obvious success. Very good, said the teacher. Little Jenny was next. I sold magazines, she said. I made $45, and I explained to everyone that magazines would help keep them up on current events. Good job, Jenny. Well done, said the teacher. Eventually, we got to Little Johnny, and you know. Oh, not Little Johnny. Little Johnny. That son of a bitch. The teacher holds her breath. Little Johnny walks to the front of the class and dumps just a box full of cash on the teacher's desk. $2,476, he says. $2,467, cries the teacher. What in the world were you selling? Toothbrushes, said Little Johnny. Toothbrushes. How could you possibly sell enough toothbrushes to make this kind of money? Well, I found the busiest corner in town, said Little Johnny. I set up a chip and dip stand, and I gave everyone who walked by a sample. They all said the same thing. Hey, this dip tastes like shit. Then I would say, it is shit. Want to buy a toothbrush? <laughs> wow. You know, I bet little Johnny ended up working for, like, the DVD industry. <laughs> I think he probably did. All right. Uh, so thank you. So this week, I would like to thank the Descendants and SST Records for sharing they're great music with us. Once again, this is a big thrill for us to be able to feature a band like this that we spent so much time with in high school. Kind of like Fishbone, you know, another band that it, it's just awesome to be able to revisit and listen to music again and really enjoy it. So, again, thank you. Thank you. Uh, also from SST, you should uh, head over to the SST online website. Uh, they just released a number of new CDs. Several of them are new Greg Ginn projects, like the Corrugators. There's a new Gone album featuring HR. Uh, he's from the Bad Brains, correct? I believe he is. Also, uh, a new release from Greg Ginn solo called The Royal We, that is uh, him playing along with different electronic effects. Uh, also, the bands Whore and Mojack have new releases. So go check out uh, the SST Online website. They've got a bunch of new shit. Go there. Also, thanks to the folks at Ubisoft for sending out Rocksmith. I'm having a great time with it. Also, Oni Press for sending over Sixth Gun. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email at steve at bonehand.com. We've got something new on bonehand.com every Sunday, including the heavy half hour when we're not doing the Bone Bat Show. And you can find my work at MightyWombat.com. New cartoon every week. And follow me, if I ever have anything to say at Twitter, at Mighty underscore Wombat. You can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand over there. Or we also have a Bonebat feed that is just Bonebat, as well as a Bonebat Facebook group, which you need to like. We've got new jokes over there all the time, different stuff we stumble across on the uh, on the Internet, and you can always find out news there first, including some ground-shaking news that will be coming out of the Bone Bat Camp very shortly. Shake that ground. Yeah. Shake it. <laughs> Groundbreaking, I guess. I like ground-shaking. Yeah. If something returns from the dead, is that groundbreaking? It might break the ground as it claws its way out of the grave. It just might. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you like what we do, please tell a friend. Our final tune tonight is, I guess it's kind of a statement of purpose for the Descendants, wouldn't you say? I would say so. This is the song The Descendants from the album I Don't Want to Grow Up. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
glad you're still making podcasts. So keep at it. <laughs>